Parks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Limitless, a sparkling water promoting wellness and a brand partnership to make ice cream even creamier. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, food industry journalist and webinar moderator at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Mira Nabulsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off today with a story about sparkling water and particularly a company called Limitless Sparkling Water. And I wrote an article about whether it has the potential to be the next soda substitute. Uh, And I think we're kind of right now in the age of better for you beverages. I mean, people love soda, Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, uh, but we've known for a really long time that these are not healthy beverages. And we're now kind of looking for alternatives that satisfy those cravings. Um, So I came across Limitless Sparkling Water, and this is a beverage that has no calories, sugar, or artificial sweeteners. Uh, And that's a huge, uh, you know, that checks all the boxes in terms of better for you beverages. So a bit of a history of the brand. Um, It was purchased by Keurig Dr. Pepper um, back in January 2020, and they were sort of betting on sparkling water to fill the void that was created by decreasing soda sales. And KDP, Keurig Dr. Pepper, also, you know, it was kind of adding to their water portfolio, which includes Evian, Core Hydration, and Bi. And they also own Canada Dry and Schweppes. But neither of those contain caffeine. And this is what kind of separates Limitless from its other, you know, sparkling counterparts. So they have two different lines of beverages. And one is their Refresh line. And each can contains 35 milligrams of caffeine. And that's a equivalent to around a half cup of coffee. So it's kind of enough to give you a little bit of an energy boost, but not enough to make you feel jittery as uh, maybe a regular cup of coffee might. They describe it on their website as all flash and no crash. And the caffeine is naturally sourced from coffee beans. And it comes in several different flavors, including grapefruit, hibiscus, lemon, lime, watermelon, and cucumber pear. And if caffeine isn't your thing, they also have another line of sparkling water called the Relax line. And each can contains 200 milligrams of L-theanine or L-theanine. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but it's an amino acid that helps support relaxation. Um, And I'll get your thoughts on that in a minute. But essentially, it, it seems as though those two lines would be sort of opposing. Um, but I did a bit of research into, you know, actually consuming those two things together, caffeine and L-theanine. And uh, one study actually demonstrated that when they were combined, uh, cognitive performance and mood improved during demanding tasks. And another study found that increased, uh, found increased subjective, subjective alertness among participants who consumed um, 
only about half of the L-theanine or L-theanine that oh, was theanine, in I think, theanine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, in the drink, in forty milligrams of caffeine. So they don't actually advertise to consume them together. They're two separate lines. Um, but I thought it was you know interesting just to talk about that that they actually there has been studies of of them being consumed together. So in terms of, um, you know, KDP's purchase of this sparkling water, I think it was a very savvy move, considering that studies have shown that U.S. consumers are drinking more caffeinated beverages um, and the global sparkling water market is an estimate is worth an estimated 2.1 billion by 2027 and growing at a compound annual growth rate of 5% over that period of time. But unfortunately for Limitless Sparkling Water, they definitely face heavy competition because they're not actually the only ones in this space. So in 2009, late 2009, Coca-Cola announced it would be introducing a flavored sparkling water called AHA. And this beverage comes in eight flavors. And similarly to Limitless, it contains 30 milligrams of caffeine, has no calories, sweeteners, or sodium. So it kind of sounds like very, very similar to Limitless. And it's also so a much bigger company as well. Uh, but other smaller companies and startups are getting into this space too. So I came across a brand called Spindrift and they use natural fruit flavoring um, and they had huge sales between 2016 and 2018. And even Jelly Belly, the maker of the you know infamous jelly beans, launched uh, the Joffer Beverage Company, which was a line of candy flavored sparkling water. So this is a, you know, this is a very crowded space, um, but I think this brand definitely has potential if they market themselves right. And currently they're, you know, available in major retailers like Walmart and Amazon. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, this this space as a whole, the sparkling water space, the, the better for you beverage space. Do you think it's, you know, it seems a little difficult to, to get into this space? And do you think that Limitless has enough going for it that it's, you know, it can separate itself from the competition? I think their competition is huge. Um, I wrote an article about AHA actually um, back in 2019. And I remember when I, when I was writing this article, I was thinking to myself, who would really want to drink water that has caffeine in it? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like that seems like such a weird innovation, but I think they're pretty successful now. So it's crazy to see that people are actually feeding into this whole functional beverage, you know, um, have more than one um, benefit from drinking a specific beverage. But it is, I feel, difficult to compete in it, especially when there are giants in this in this field already. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not possible because all these smaller uh, niche companies are becoming more popular within, you know, Gen Z's and millennials and things that are, you know, trying to purchase things from people's e-commerce websites and things like that, rather than going to big chain stores. So I, I think it's really interesting how much innovation is going into the space and what people are actually buying and enjoying, you know? Yeah, I think so. This is a sparkling water, right? Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, I think it's actually... It works, I think, because it's not just like normal water because, you know, sparkling water already, you know, it, it's it, it already is kind of set apart from regular water. You usually have all the different flavors. And so just having that little touch of caffeine, I think it's interesting. Um, 
and it's sort of a new offering. But then, yeah, you have competition, like fierce competition if you have like big players like Coca-Cola. But um, they haven't launched their lines yet, have they? Or They have, yeah. They're oh, currently they available in, in some of the big retailers in the U.S. I haven't heard much US. about, yeah. I know, I hadn't either. And they've been around since, uh, I believe, 2016. They're a Chicago-based startup. Oh, and yes, then KDP. Is, you said that in the article, yeah. Right. But yeah, they didn't really... Um, market it that fiercely I don't I don't think um, because for whatever reason yeah I know and and just to give you guys an idea of you know 35 milligrams of caffeine um, I bought a I tried a oat milk based uh, caffeinated like coffee cold brew <laughs> the other day and I was curious to see how many milligrams of caffeine were in it um, and it was 140 milligrams of caffeine so if you are a true mm. you know coffee drinker and you need that kick this probably isn't going to do anything for you um so I wonder you know should they be upping the content or are they intentionally keeping it this low um and Aisha I also wanted to get your thoughts on L-theanine um as the sort of resident skeptic if you knew anything about (laughs) this and and uh you know it's it's purported uh yeah you know does it have any, is there any legitimate uh, merit? So I know that it's found in teas, right? So yes. So like green tea and I think even black tea as well. And I believe it's more, it offers more of a, a relaxant type of mm-hmm. an effect as opposed to the, you know, woe of, of caffeine itself. So I think, um, yeah, that is pretty cool that, you know, they've, it seems like they've really thought about this, right? Bringing, mm-hmm. um, you know, this component or this um, element into it uh, compared to ca- to caffeine itself. So I think they've really thought. That shows to me that they that they've really thought about it. So and they have like the two different lines to cater to two different, you know, um, potentially consumers. For example, I you know on a day where I people may not want that caffeine burst although 35 megs is very low like you're saying right I think a cup of coffee has what like over 100 milligrams or something like that so it's you know less than half of that um but yeah very interesting how they're going to yeah it's called the relax line with the L-theanine right Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense supporting relaxation so yeah that's that's that, then that's more of a tea-like beverage than as opposed to a coffee replacement. So I think that's kind of interesting how they went for both and not just the caffeine. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's I just wonder how they're going to market this, um, seeing that I haven't seen much marketing from other brands. So I don't know how, what they're going, what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. It's like yet another sparkling water. And then there's, it also reminded me while I was writing this of, you know, CBD and THC infused beverages, yeah. because they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a functional beverage, I would say, since it has these additives to it that are supposed yeah. to sort of alter, you know, minorly alter, you know, your mood or your energy level. So it's, it's, it's a much even broader market, I think, um, being functional and healthy as well. So I also wonder people who, um, you know, are caffeine addicts and are looking for their caffeine, they might be disappointed by this beverage almost, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they're like, wait, this doesn't have like any caffeine, 
you know, uh, for us, that's going to do us any good or, and, and stuff. So like, I wonder, um, but it would be great for people like, I, I can think of my sister who are, you know, in the minority though, like, you know, when she goes to Starbucks, she likes her decaps and they have issues. They're like, Oh, what? Decap? Okay, fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So <laughs> like she's a minority kind of a consumer where she can't handle caffeine very well. She'll have a bit. So I can see somebody like her, but like I said, it's, it seems to be a minority of people that would go for something like that based on, you know, their preference and uh, mm-hmm. their reaction. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I don't see coffee goers going for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like it's more for like a person that enjoys caffeine from tea, for example, the same yes. people that buy kombucha, knowing that there's caffeine in it, you know, things like that. I think people would use that or like just like a pick me upper kind of beverage, but not for coffee lovers, for sure. Coffee lovers are, if you're anyone like me, you have like three (laughs) cups of coffee a day and like this would, you know, you need more than just sparkling water, but sparkling water is has a huge consumer market like a lot of people love sparkling water so it's it's interesting to see that innovation here i actually don't find the see the, the allure in sparkling water yeah, yeah. i personally do don't I. like fizz i don't yeah, like fizzy beverages yeah. so yeah. i find it hard but yeah yeah i don't know I, there was this one country i traveled to in europe this one time and i wanted uh water and i didn't want to drink from the tap and i was like can i have a bottle of water and they only had sparkling and they're oh, like oh I, that <laughs> happened to me too in europe once yeah, yeah. And i was so like, disappointed yeah they're like oh you don't drink sparkling water i was like wait you only drink sparkling yeah. water <laughs> So, yeah, there's definitely a big market for that, um, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, to to both of your points about, you know, this disappointing uh, coffee drinkers, I initially had in the title, um, could limitless sparkling water be the next soda and coffee substitute? But I took out coffee Mm. because that's just an unrealistic expectation, I think. Um, And even soda, I mean, if – it may not satisfy. I, I think you know people will have to try the the different flavors too because it is flavored um, and they are it's natural flavoring. But um, I thought it was more apt to uh, you know call it the next soda replacement just because it's sparkling, it's flavored, and it's a lot better for you than um, you know other sodas. So maybe their market is more uh, trying to wean people off of a caffeine dependency and helping them sort of get get those levels a little bit lower and also helping them decrease um, sugar potentially uh, if they're very, uh, you know, into soda. So those are two potential markets that I could see them, them targeting. But with that, I'll pass it over to you, Mira. Thanks, Sydney. So this week, I'd like to talk to you guys about Tillamook County Creamery Association, who are known for their cheddar cheese, ice cream, and other dairy products. But they've now created a partnership to make ice cream creamier. So uh, Batty Winkle is a 92-year-old style icon and ice cream super fan. And she wants to promote creamier ice cream and remind consumers of what it's actually supposed to taste like. So she says, um, when you get to my age, you earn the right to tell it like it is. And I'd like to tell 
tell you that I like my ice cream creamy as all get out. <laughs> uh, nothing tastes better than a bowl full of creamy, extra creamy, extra delicious, extra bomb ice cream. So the TCCA announced the partnership for Creamier Ice Cream as a public surface campaign dedicated to ensuring that each scoop of ice cream has more cream and better ingredients and less air. So Tillamook ice cream is the creamiest and um, it's high time everyone starts buying the ice cream with more cream in it because you don't make it to 92 by eating a bunch of air, she says. So I wanted to show you guys um, just a clip from the ad that they um, produced and released. I thought it was very entertaining. So I'm going to play it for you right now um, and we can all take a listen. Betty Winkle. And I want to talk to you about a not-so-serious problem. Some ice cream brands are using too much air and not enough cream. Oh, this is not what I ordered. Can't even be legally called ice cream anymore. Creamy Telemuck ice cream doesn't have that problem. So together, we're going to do something about it. And so Betty Winkle, in a defining act of good taste, started the partnership for creamier ice cream. Cute. <laughs> yeah, so that's the ad. Um, it's very engaging, very colorful. So if you get the chance to see it, please go ahead and click on the article and you can view the video over there. But regardless, a survey of more than 1,500 participants showed that 86% of consumers enjoy creamy ice cream compared to the airy ice cream that's sold in the market. And many brands have been using this airy technique where they incorporate air into their products to give it the same texture as a creamy ice cream would. So a study showed that 9 out of 10 Americans think that cream is an essential ingredient in good ice cream, 90% of moms prefer extra creamy ice cream, and 83% of millennials believe they are ice cream experts and can tell the difference between airy and creamy ice cream. So then I delved in a bit more to understand more about the ice cream market and how that changed. So since 1995, the price of ice cream had changed significantly uh, to what we see today. And it is believed uh, that this change has happened because of the correlation that people have with wanting healthier options in the dessert industry. So they used air as an as an ingredient into ice cream and that you know changed the price because you know healthier ice cream means more premium and that you know boosted that price uh, that price point. So according to the partnership of Creamier Ice Cream, to make ice cream, one must use cream to achieve the texture and density associated with premium ice cream. However, companies use air to achieve the desired the same desired consistency and density without adding too much air. And Winkle, as you heard in the ad, said um, this should not be called ice cream at all. So I wanted to know what your thoughts were on this. Originally, when I was reading this article and I saw creamier ice cream, um, the press release, I thought people wanted less plant-based ice cream because that's what we've been seeing a lot in the market is, a, is, is an increase in plant-based products. But I wanted to know what you thought about airy ice cream versus creamier ice cream and whether this is a partnership that will actually succeed. I think they both have merit and there are audiences for both of them. And I think this uh, ad campaign for Tillamook is extremely effective. It almost makes you, uh, you know, forget that you're watching an ad for a specific ice cream brand yeah. and you're just being, <laughs> you're just being sort of educated about what real ice cream is according to a very vibrant, you know, uh, 
wise lady. <laughs> um, and I don't know where they found her, but she yeah. is adorable and she's uh, a great, you know, marketer, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think there's merit to both of them. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about the whole better for you food industry as a whole. And, you know, the airier ice creams, uh, the lower fat ice creams uh, and lower sugar. Uh, yeah, I-, I guess you could still call them ice creams because that's what they're trying to replicate. But I got to agree with Maddie on this. Um, and I think real ice cream, um, yeah, should have cream in it. And I've tried both. I definitely prefer real ice creams that are creamy, and it's really hard to replicate that with any other ingredient. Um, So yeah, those are kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, and I think, um, okay, so, you know, in the last, you know, couple of years or decades, I'd say 10, 20 years, there has been a growing trend towards healthier products, low fat, low cholesterol, things like that, low sugar. But now I'm seeing recently that there's a trend towards more natural ingredients or Mm -hmm. more, uh, you know, no artificial ingredients. So with that, cream is, you know, historically a natural ingredient. So I think reverting back to, to that for ice creams and marketing the fact that, you know, I, we're taking back ice cream to the way it should be, you know, or organic cream. Well, no, I don't know if it's organic, but uh, in, in the sense that that's what the natural ingredient should be and not air. Um, so I think it's just kind of um, going with that and tying into that whole trend of um, natural whole type uh, foods and going back to how let's say our ancestors used to eat and things like that perhaps so yeah yeah Yeah, I totally agree with that I think first of all her character is hilarious so you know the whole idea of like I say it as I uh, as it is I'm old enough to you know tell you what ice cream actually tastes (laughs) like um that I thought was genius in terms of the marketing tools. But also, yeah, questioning the ice cream that we do have today. I think at the end of the day, ice cream is a dessert, you know, and it is sweet. And no and one's it's, saying it's healthy. Yeah, no <laughs> one's saying it's healthy. And if you are saying it's healthy, then okay, do the whole airy thing. Use different yeah. kinds of ingredients to make it um, mock ice cream, if you want to call it. But yeah, ice cream should have cream. I totally agree. I love cream. So <laughs> I'm an advocate And there's a huge difference too, because, you know, I remember like, yeah, I think I got used to eating these airy ice creams. I didn't even know they added air and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, wow. Um, but I think uh, Kawartha's ice cream, I think that I had that somewhere in Niagara Falls, or I don't know where. And I was so full, like I couldn't, yeah. you know, I totally, you know, you hear about ice cream ruining your dinner, but if you have like other <laughs> store-bought ice creams, like you're fine an hour later, you're, you're, you can eat whatever, but that kept me so full that it literally spoiled my dinner, and it was yeah. just such a big difference when you have actual cream versus yeah. the air-based ice creams, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And now with the summer season coming, this is mm-hmm. all people are craving is something cold. And um, yeah, definitely cleaner ingredients is is yeah. another key point that they kept mentioning is they want better ingredients to keep consistency and make it creamier. Um, so fun initiative, that's for sure. Very fun. 
Yeah, that, that's that's a good point with the natural ingredients. I hadn't even thought of that, but it's true. Cream is like it's as it's as natural as it comes and yeah no one's saying that it's healthy but it's so funny what ice cream is actually like at its base it's literally just cream and we would never drink a cup of cream really and sugar but when it's whipped together in ice cream format it's like we can't get enough so (laughs) it's probably best that they don't advertise it like that Um, because then that might like turn people off of it but um yeah maybe I, i i'm not sure if they're talking about frozen in yogurt when they're talking about airy ice cream or if they're just talking about you know ice cream that doesn't actually have cream in it but the 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 frozen ice cream sector has definitely like you know menchies and and um pink berry has has definitely capitalized on you know on that as well and i think that like those are good um not necessarily healthy with all the toppings that they have available either but yeah, I would love to see the world get back to creamier ice cream too. She sold me. <laughs> <laughs> we're sold. <laughs> yeah, we're sold. All right, well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.